0: Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. I rewrote my sermon last night. No, I think I trimmed it down and went, in, went into something. And then this morning I woke up, I was like, no, I need to rewrite my sermon again. And so I rewrote it again. So this is my, my, my third version so, uh, of, of this sermon. And because as I was writing the sermon, this old song was stuck in my head. Uh, I don't know if you ever get old songs stuck in your head. Um, and this is an old song from my youth group. And it actually goes very well with Jen's scripture uh, that she shared, Well, the earth is the Lord. Um, and it is King Jesus is All. Does anybody remember that song? King Jesus is all. It's kind of got that bluesy thing. My all in all, and I know that he'll answer me when I call. And I don't know who wrote it, but that song just got stuck in my head. And all of like the little you know, cracks and crevices of the brain, you know, it's just like there, kind of churning, and it's just in my head. King Jesus is all, as I'm typing. Because songs are like that sometimes, right? They just worm their way into your head, and you just can't get rid of them. Um, And there are a lot of songs I have like that. I I, I mean, I could probably sing uh, the first three uh, They Might Be Giants albums, Um, like just off the top of my head without even thinking about it. And I haven't even listened to them in over a decade, two decades, I don't know. But I could just probably just sing them because they just kind of become part of you. And it just reminds me like, what are the songs that we sing? What songs do we sing? What are the refrains that pop into our head, right, out of nowhere? Like, what do they tell us? Like, what sort of feelings do they evoke? What do they tell you? Um, The Apostle Paul, he used hymns uh, to kind of strengthen the faith of believers, like old ancient hymns. And so like, sometimes whenever you're reading things, it's like he breaks off into poetry. And oftentimes, those are old hymns, like, You know, and so I don't know if they're they're his original words or whatever, but he uses those um, to remind the people he's writing of essential truths, and that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to be looking at one of these. Uh, We are in a series uh, looking at the Colossians, or looking at the book of Colossians, and the Colossians, they were eager, uh, initially eager to receive the gospel, but then... You know, there were some, some false teachers that led people astray, um, and it, not like in really big heresy ways, but they just kind of like preyed on people's fears and insecurities um, about their faith, right? Um, they didn't directly attack their faith, but they just kind of added to it. And they were like, oh, well, if you really want to be spiritual, then you should do this. If you really really want to you know, protect yourself you know, from, from evil spirits, you should do that. Um, if you want to drive away demons, you need, to, you need to do this. And so Paul, he, he wanted to reassure the Colossians, like, you have enough. Jesus is enough. You don't have to do anything. You're spiritually safe. Jesus will take care of you. And that's what we talked about last week, um, about how, how Paul was saying that Jesus was enough. But this week, we're going to go more into the why. Why is Jesus enough? Um, and so we're going to look at Colossians uh, 15 through 23. And that goes into the why. Why is Jesus enough? What makes Jesus enough? And uh, with that explanation, we are going to read uh, Colossians 1, 15 to 23. Oh, we've also been memorizing scripture. There are so many good parts as a church. I've been like, I encouraged you last time to memorize 1 Corinthians 13. There were so many good parts of, of Colossians to memorize. So I'm just going to say like, I'm going to throw out, like, hey, this would be something good for you to memorize. If you memorize it, you come, you share it with me, I'll give you a prize. I have, I have a stack of prizes in my office that I not not for little kids, these are for grown-ups. These are grown-up prizes, okay? Um, so for you. So um, so 15 to 20 would be a really good chunk of scripture to memorize. Um, but that being said, um, we're going to read 15 to 23, and um, actually, we're going to be using the Common English Bible. Normally, we use the NIV here. Um, I actually like the Common English Bible better, but we use NIV because everybody has NIV, right? And and the word's still good. It's not like, it's like, oh, oh. It's still good, but um, honestly, I like the way they translated some of the prepositions better in this version for this passage. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of a nerdy thing, but I did. Um, so... Uh, I'll, be, I'll be using it today. So let's read Colossians 1, 15 to 23. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation, because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on the earth, things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, All things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the one who is firstborn from among the dead, so that he might occupy first place in everything. Because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in him, and he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things on earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of the cross. Once you were alienated from God and your enemies with him in your minds, which was shown by your evil actions. But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you before God as a people who are holy, faultless, and without blame. But you need to remain well-established and rooted in faith and not shift away from the hope that is given you and the good news that you have heard. This message has been preached throughout all creation under heaven. And I, Paul, became a servant of this good news." Um, now, many uh, many scholars think that verses uh, 15 to 20, that, that's, that's an old hymn. That's an old hymn. And I, I love that, like, like what Paul's doing is just giving him a song to sing. <laughs> hey, 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 sing this song. <laughs> Sing the song. Remember this. You know, whenever the world seems dark, um, whenever you're scared, when you're feeling like your faith is enough, sing the song. Sing the song. And it's a beautiful song. Um, it's a testimony of who Jesus is and what Jesus does. Um, and I, I think if the song had the name, so it doesn't say, but it would be Jesus is All. Jesus is the first over all creation, Right? Jesus is the first over all creation. The firstborn who leads creation in all things. Jesus is first. And this is like one of the address of my sermons. I had like three pages on this because it was, this is a really cool concept because there is a whole ton of stuff in the Bible about being firstborn, right? There's the Jacob and Esau story like about firstborn inheritance. And then there's about how the firstborn belongs to God in the Exodus story. And then there's like Samson or Samuel being dedicated uh, to the Lord because he's firstborn. There's so much in here, but this is the key key point. Jesus is first over everything. He leads it. He has authority over it. He has a responsibility over it. That's who Jesus is. He is the first, the first in power, the first in holiness, the first in righteousness, the first in kindness, the first in love, the first in peace, Jesus is first. Jesus is first. And even more than just being first, all things were created by Jesus and through Jesus and for Jesus, right? Jesus is the power through which all things were created, everything, right? So all the earth is the Lord's, as Jen was saying this morning. This physical universe, the physical universe was created by Jesus, for Jesus. Jesus is the reason why everything was made, to glorify him, to praise him, to give him honor. And so if Jesus, like, created everything, if all things were created in him and through him and for him, then it makes sense. You can trust him for what you need, right? Because all things were intended for him. It's his world, it's his world. So go to Jesus with your burdens. Go to Jesus Jesus, with what you need. It was all made for him and by him and through him. He is the authority. And Jesus is before all. He existed before all things, right? Jesus is eternal, right? Before anything was, Jesus was, right? The first. He is before every, everything, so trust him. Without Jesus, things wouldn't exist. Um, he's the reason why things are in order. Uh, do you remember... Back in Genesis 1, the earth was formless and void, right? Well, the universe, chaos, everything was formless and void back in Genesis 1. And God reached into that nothing, right? And gave shape to the universe. He made things make sense. He's was like, sea, you go over there. Land, you're here. Sky, you're there, right? Jesus was involved in that. Jesus ordered the chaos. Because not only did he see the first, not only were things created by him and through him and for him. Jesus holds all things together. All things are held together in him, right? So Jesus is still holding back the chaos. Um, So in that Genesis story, the seas, which is like the ancient biblical thought, um, was kind of like the seas were the source of chaos. And so like um, the the chaos, it's pushed away, right? And um, in the Bible, like it says, like the waters above you and to the sides, And under you. And so that way is also why in the story story of Noah, right, the water comes from the ground and it comes from the sky. It's like all that chaos is coming back in. But Jesus is the one that holds it back. Okay? And that chaos, it's 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 still there. It's chaos threatens us. Right? All the things that wanna wanna destroy us and tear us apart and confuse us, right, to our left and to our right and to our above us and below us and in front of us and behind us. And it all comes in and you're like, I don't know how to deal with all of this stuff. Jesus holds it all back. All things are held together by Jesus. He's the one that stays on top of everything, making sure that the universe doesn't decay into anarchy and emptiness again. And uh, Job 26 is a great chapter that kind of goes into that. Um, So Jesus, all things are held together by Jesus. And Jesus is the head of all. Right? He is the head of the church, which is his body, the church, which is us. Right? All those who call upon his name for salvation are his body. And Jesus has decided to declare and demonstrate his kingdom, power over creation, uh, through, through his body. He's the head of it all. He's the one who directs us and empowers us and tells us how to follow him. Right? We, 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 get to be the, we are the embodiment of Jesus on this world. Like that, that's what the church does. We get to be Jesus. He's the head of all of us. And Jesus is the victor over the enemy of all of us, which is death. And death is shown to be the great enemy back in Genesis three seventeen, when God warned us not to eat of the tree of knowledge because it introduced death to us, right? And that's what happened, right? It separated us from God. We began to question, right? Even before we ate the fruit, we started to question, like, How do we really trust God? We started putting space between us and God we started to mistrust what God said. And so for the first time, we acted like what God had made was not good. And so we acted against our nature, what we were made to be, which was to trust God. We acted against who we were created to be. And we put distance between ourselves and God, between God's will and who we were. And that's death, right? Because if, if God's holding all things together, if Jesus is holding all things together and we're trying to separate ourselves from each other, we're pushing ourselves into death. But all things are held together by Jesus, the visible image of the invisible God. In Jesus, he defeated death, right? You know, kind of, so, *Lion the Witch in the wardrobe, he broke the stone table, right? He overthrew the power of death, bridging the chasm of mistrust between us and God. If doubt and disobedience led us to death, Jesus' trust and obedience led us back into life. He led us into life because Jesus is the reconciler of all, the reconciler of all. Jesus is the creator of all and the recreator of all, restoring creation back to its original purpose, bringing it back to its original purpose, which is to be in harmony with our creator, the creator who made us, to be put into a posture of trust and obedience in accordance with our original nature, right? Who we're supposed to be, somebody that trusts God. Jesus breaks the power of sin and of death Right, And that's the song. That's the song that, that, that Paul sings over the church of Colossae. Right? That's what he reminds them of. Right? The Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation because all things were created by him, both in heaven and on earth, both things that are visible and things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things. And all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the one who is the firstborn from among the dead so that he might occupy occupy the first place in everything because the fullness of God was pleased to live in him. And he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things on earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of the cross, right? And if Jesus Jesus is all, right? This, I love, I love all this, right? And if Jesus is all, Why would we look anywhere else? Why would we look anywhere else? What else is there? What else is there? Why would we ask anybody else? Jesus is the one that will reach into our lives and make sense of it, right? It will take the bad things and it will put it in place and give it context so it doesn't define you. Because Jesus holds it together. You want to get your life together, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. He will hold you together. He will put you back together. He'll put you back together. He'll put your heart back together. So you can trust Jesus. You trust Jesus with your needs because all was intended for him. It's his world. So go to him with your needs. It was all made for him and by him. He is the authority. And not just the physical world, but the spiritual world, right? You don't have to be scared of things you don't see, you don't have to worry about unclean spirits. You don't have to suffer from uh, spirits that push you towards unhealth, right? With anxiety and depression and addiction and fear and loneliness and illness. And I'm, just to be clear, I'm not trying to dismiss mental and physical health issues. You know, I see counselors and I, I take um, anti-anxiety medication. So I, I, I believe in medicine, but we're foolish if we ignore the spiritual aspect of things. Right? And Satan and demons or whatever you want to call it. They'll pray whenever, wherever they sense weakness. But Jesus has authority and power over all things and all creatures, things seen and unseen. Why would we not call on Jesus also to help us? Right? This is a hymn that we need to base our lives around, that we need to sing uh, when we're, we need to be strengthened. Jesus is all. Jesus is all. Right, and And so... And 21, Paul goes on. Once you're alienated from God and you were enemies with him in your own minds, which was shown by your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you before God as a people who are holy and faultless and without blame. But you need to remain well-established and rooted in faith and not shift away from the hope given in the good news that you heard. This message has been preached throughout all creation of, under heaven. Don't forget, don't forget, Jesus is all. Jesus is all, and and we need to remember because we will feel hurt in this life. I promise you, you will feel hurt. You will feel misunderstood. You will deal with health issues in your life. Um, you're going to struggle to manage your time. You are going to struggle to manage your money. You are going to struggle to manage uh, your relationships. You're going to have problems in your relationships with your with your with your parents, with your kids, with your spouse, with your siblings. You're going to have problems. You're going to be unsure about your priorities because everything's going to say I'm the most important thing, right? Everything's going to try to grab your attention, and there'll there always be people that are saying you need to do this and you need to do that, and we will all have fears and anxieties and insecurities, right? We'll all carry that. Everybody has to deal with this. And there's going to be temptations to seek easy answers to follow. Like, well, if I just follow the certain rule, um, you know, this formula, it's all going to work. And, you know, there's going to be certain books and certain authorities. You know, listen to this leader. Listen to that. Listen to Chris, right? He's going to tell you what to do. He knows. Um, But Jesus is the answer. Jesus is all. And if they're not pointing you to Jesus, it's not a good system. If they're not asking you to trust more into Jesus, it's not a good system. Jesus is all. That's our trust. That's our hope. Our hope is in the firstborn over all creation, the firstborn out of death, right? Jesus has all responsibility, power, and authority. And that's the way things are supposed to be. And, and and Jesus, Jesus presents us as His holy people, faultless and without blame. If we can hold on to our hope, which is Him, if as long as we can live into our hope, which is Him, this is what's declared to all creation: Jesus is all, firstborn of all, creator of all, before all, holder of all, head of all, victor of all, reconciler of all. Jesus is all. And I, I wish that I could set this to music, um, because. If, if it was a hymn for them, I wish it was a hymn for us. I wish that this was a hymn that we could sing to remind ourselves over and over again of the truth. You know, just like that earworm. I'm gonna have to say it for King Jesus is All because that's what I got memorized, right? But that's the song of our life, right? The song, that, song of our life should be Jesus is All, firstborn of All, creator of All, before All, holder of All, head of All, victor of All, reconciler of All. Jesus is All. Jesus is All. And that's the truth in which everything else is built. Everything else, right? On cross, the stolid rock, I stand, all other ground is shifting shifting sand. Um, Actually, even in the King Jesus of all, is all they actually talk about, building your life on Jesus. Um, Yeah, in the verses. Um, That's the truth that we can count on. He is our all. He is your all. In church, I hope that you can call on him. I hope that you you let yourself call on him. I hope that you let him define you to make sense of your life. Because we all have things that don't make sense in our lives. We have all have hurts that like don't make sense. They don't make sense. And one of the problems with this world is we, we, we end up letting those hurts define us. Right? Those woundings define us, those mistakes define us, those 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 actions that have been done to us to define us. But Jesus is all. He's the creator of all. He'll put those things into context and show us a better way. Up your way. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, you are the song over our lives. We trust in you. We trust that you are enough, that you are all, Lord, that you are all. And Lord, we pray that we can fall deeper into love with you. That we can fall deeper into relationship with you, that we can follow you, that you can speak into our lives, and that you can have the last word in who we are and what we're doing, and that you can redefine us, and that we can live in your hope. In Christ's name, amen. Um,